I don't care who's first or who last, but I know that y'all just better rock this at the drop of a dime, baby. This is a Joe Rock Welcome to the Football Cypher here on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and you can follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. I'm joined, as always, with my fellow analysts, Chris James, Gene Clemens, Teron Davenport, and Brandon Howard. And you can follow Chris on Twitter at CJFlorida9, Gene at Gene Clemens, Teron at T Davenport underscore NFL, and Brandon at B Howard underscore 81. Make sure to subscribe to Football Game Plan Podcast on iTunes and leave us a five star rating. That's where you can find all of our many different shows. You can also find them archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And finally, don't forget to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network on YouTube, located at youtube.com slash footballgameplan. If you're not familiar to what a rap cipher is, it's a crowd that forms in freestyle raps as they pass the mic around. Well, it's the same thing here, except there won't be any rapping going on. We'll just pass the mic around and keep the football takes flowing. And we're kicking off our NFL team previews in the cypher. And in this episode, we'll take a look at the Indianapolis Colts and some of the biggest questions that we have about the Colts heading into the 2017 season. And looking around the the format, I think, Gene, you can kick this one off uh, with your question. I mean, my question, um, Emory, is very simple. And it it just comes down to um, Andrew Luck has, has gotten a pass it seems over the years for his inability to take care of the football. And is this the year that he cuts down his turnovers? Man, that, that's a good question. I, I honestly don't think so. I, I think at this point he is what, <laughs> what he is, man. And he's a guy who will consistently put the ball in harm's way. So I'm going to say no. And, um, you know, that's really the bottom line. I don't see that number reducing, honestly. Um, my answer is, uh, he better, uh, he's got entirely too many offensive weapons. Uh, the protection is there and, uh, let's not forget uh, his backup came in uh, a couple years ago and looked better than he did. So there, I think the excuses are up for Andrew Luck and it's time for him to produce. And if he doesn't, bring the interception to, you know, touchdown to interception ratio um, and make that a little bit better this year, you know, you got to look at it and say, okay, well, maybe he wasn't the next best thing that everyone thought that he was. I think he does. And I think it's twofold. I think they reduce the amount of deep passes they try to have Andrew Luck throw. They get the ball out of his hand quickly because they've now seen the litany of injuries he's had and they don't want anyone making contact with this kid anymore. So I think that Bagano, if he's smart about this, he will have this offense literally quick plays, get the ball out of the hands of Luck, get it to T.Y. Hilton, so that the playmakers can make plays. But I will give Luck some credit. Last year, from a turnover perspective, he didn't have as many as he's had in the past. He only had 13 picks on 31 touchdowns. Here's the one thing that goes into play there. While he only had 13 interceptions, there were several interceptions that were dropped. You know, 
he's got to start making better decisions. And I think the way that you make better decisions for a guy who clearly wants to be a gunslinger in some, some manners is by the coaching staff reducing what he does and kind of scaling things back, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And I think they do that this season. I think when you look at Luck, you just have to understand what he is. He's a guy that's going to be like Jameis Winston. you got to live with the interceptions. However, I think where Winston and Luck defer is that Luck also has a fumbling issue. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where you kind of want to see him get better with, like, hey, protect the football. He tends to hold the ball a little bit long, so he'll get a lot of, you know, blindside swipe downs by the defensive end and fumble the ball. So if he can't, if he can hold on the ball in that sense, I can probably live with the interceptions because I don't think he throws crucial game-breaking interceptions. Like his interceptions, again, are like Jameis Winston. They'll come early in the game or in the second quarter. They don't hurt you as a football team in the grand scheme of things. But those fumbles, when they happen, they are usually debilitating. So, yes, he has to improve in that area. I think he can improve because he's going to be protecting that shoulder a lot. And I would agree with you to a point, Emory, when you say it's similar to Jameis Winston. Winston, Winston's problem seems to be that his, that his turnovers compound themselves in a single game. So he'll have a game where he throws four picks or a game where he throws three picks, but then he'll have two games where he doesn't throw a pick or, you know, a couple games where he only throws one pick. With, with, with luck, it just seems to be that you know at, at some point during the game, He's going to either put it on the ground or, or, or throw it to you. Um, and that type of consistency is what really scares me about what Andrew Luck does. And so I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Brandon. I think that he better because now with the contract and now seeing all of these younger guys come in and elevate their games, no one can really say that Andrew Luck has elevated his game since they, they anointed him the, the second coming of Peyton Manning after his rookie year. And so um, it'll be interesting to see if they do change the game plan. And even if they do change the game plan, will Andrew Luck hold to that game plan or will he resort back to his old ways, which is to chuck and duck, um, you know, when, when things get tight. So looking at Andrew Luck and what the team has done to support him, do do you buy into the theory that the Colts haven't done enough to support Andrew Luck? Yeah, this is, you know, one of the worst myths that football has going. Um, you look at what they did immediately after, uh, you know, obtaining Luck. They got him two tight ends uh-huh. that should really have helped him to get the ball, I mean, they say tight end is your 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 comfort blanket, especially for for young quarterbacks. And all he did was take shots. You know, wasn't, it, wasn't so, one of those guys his roommate? Yeah, it, exactly, exactly. So you know, they they should have should have had chemistry together. You know, and, and I, I you just never really saw it happen. And so while I understand people saying, oh well, he doesn't have an offensive line, he doesn't have this, he doesn't have that. You compare Andrew Luck's situation with a lot of the other quarterbacks that have come in the league that have had literally nothing around them. He had very good surroundings, and you can't sit there and say that the Colts didn't do much to protect him. I think that that's nothing but excuses for failures that he's had in the past, and that it has to stop. And I, I think that this is the year 
where it needs to end. Um, he has a, a great deal of talent around him, and it, he just simply, simply needs to make it happen. And if he doesn't, then we know what Andrew Luck is all about this year. So in another sport, basketball, there's a group of people who complain that LeBron James is complaining because he doesn't have enough talent. And I understand that mindset. Well, Andrew Luck, even though he doesn't do it in the media because he's a really nice guy, to some extent he's complaining that he doesn't have enough talent, which is completely asinine. And I'm going to start the beginning. What did they do? They brought in an offensive coordinator that he's familiar with. Great. What else did they do? They put every dude who's ever played at Stanford on the roster. Griff Whalen was on the doggone roster. Okay? They got talent on the flanks. T.Y. Hilton is a game changer that virtually every offense in the NFL would love to have. They tried to draft other guys in the first round, even though some of them were bad picks, like a Philip Dorsett going that early. Right. As far as not having a line, go ahead and be honest. At one point, Andrew Luck had four first-round picks starting on his offensive line. Costanzo might not be good, but he was a former first-round pick. Jack Reort was a second-round pick. Ryan Kelly's a first-round pick. LaRiven Clark's a third-round pick. He doesn't have terrible picks or undrafted free agents or former tight ends and former basketball players in front of him like Russell Wilson has. And let's mm. move on to the other portion, the running back position. Yeah, he was a bust, but does anyone remember that they tried? They traded for Trent Richardson thinking that he would be very helpful. Yes, he ended up being a bust, but this Colts organization has tried their butt off to give Andrew Luck everything that he wants. It just hasn't worked out. And at some point, you have to blame the scouting department, but the other blame might just be that Andrew Luck might be the problem. Listen, I'm not taking linemen in the first round, number one. So that shows you why I'm thinking about with these linemen that they love to blame. It's always the offensive line. The, you know, the one thing you can't quantify with all these stats, right? Oh, the offensive line is a problem. They need to get better blocking. He need to be back there 10 seconds to find somebody to be over. That sounds like a quarterback that struggles to read defenses and make decisions quickly, right? So mm-hmm. you talk about a guy that also, he, hey, he's just as athletic as Cam Newton. Okay, well, get your, get your ass out the way then. Like, don't sit there and get sacked and – and be a, a tackling dummy, move out the way, run. Russell Wilson has the worst offensive line in football, and he makes it happen. And I think Luck, still a very talented player, but I think in crucial situations, Luck has proven time and time again to come up small. Now, he's not as bad as, as some of the quarterbacks, like he does at more often than not get them over the hump, as evident as when he starts and plays outside the one year where he was really injured winning record, you know, got them in the playoffs, got them to the AFC championship game. Um, So he can get it done, which is obvious that they have talent on this roster. So when they don't win, it's because they don't have nothing. But when they do win, it's all because of luck. You know, so I just find it funny that they they make excuses for this guy. When this team, quite honestly, has done a good job, not only drafting well, but putting together uh, undrafted free agents on this roster to help the team stay consistent in this division. And I agree with you, Emery. Um, I mean, just look at some of this. Look at some of the talent that he has right now. Um, T.Y. Hilton's game, Chandler Moncrief is solid. You know, people people talk poorly about Dorsett, but Dorsett doing what he does, even though I thought he was drafted too high, he's still an asset. You're talking about speed for days out of Dorsett, speed for days out of Hilton. Ryan Kelly, one of the best um, young centers in the NFL. You've got Anthony Con- Con- Costanzo, who, in my opinion, was a, was a reach, but he's still a solid offensive lineman. It's not like he's horrible. 
you got Eric Swoop, who's who's a guy who a lot of people were intrigued in coming out of Miami because of his athletic system. I mean, his athleticism. You got Jack Doyle over from Tennessee. I mean, you're looking at oh, don't get me started with the running backs, Gore, Turbin, Marlon Mack from USF might have been one of those guys who I thought can can end up being a steal in the draft because he gives you that home run hitting ability, but he's also got nice size for a running back. So what else do you need as a quarterback? Again, if you're if you're as athletic as Cam Newton and you're as big as Cam Newton, why don't you at least dominate with your legs like Cam Newton does? Like you could at least do that, right? But no, why don't you deliver hits like Cam Newton delivers? Again, there seems to be that dog that's missing. As I as we discussed on uh, another podcast when it came to uh, Marcus Mariota, there seems to be that dog that's missing in, in Andrew Luck the same way that you see in the Cam Newton that allows him to continue to persevere through some of those you know bad decisions that he makes and, and, and put the team back and rally. Or, you know, when all this fails, he pulls it down, he makes a play, and he doesn't end up on the injured reserve or the pup list. Yeah, and I think, you know, to answer my question, I think they've done more than enough, and, and they, they've done it in the draft. But you look a couple years ago, they felt like the iron was hot, so they tried to strike. And, and what did they do? They signed free agents in uh, Frank Gore. And then you also bring in Andre Johnson, which was supposed to put them over the hump. He was that veteran guy that was going to make this receiver core that much better. So they've addressed all areas for this guy from the tight end to the offensive line to wide receiver. And obviously a lot of the picks haven't worked. Some of the free agent additions did not work. They signed Kamar Aiken this year. I'm mean, not an outstanding player, but still just another effort to bring him a weapon. So there's no way whatsoever you could say they haven't done enough to support this guy. Yeah, and um, so we talked about the interceptions with Luck. And one guy that they brought in uh, who has a great deal of interceptions on his resume uh, coming out of Ohio State University is uh, Malik Hooker. So how much does his ability to turn the ball over help Andrew Luck and the Colts offense? It is a massive thing because Embry brought up an interesting point when asked about Andrew Luck's uh, turnovers. Luck might not turn the ball over throwing picks, but he fumbles the ball. And a lot of teams like to go with that instant offense. They try to score quickly after a turnover. Mm -hmm. They'll put the ball deep down the field. And one thing about Hooker's game, because he's incomplete from a safety standpoint, he takes poor angles to tackle and misses tackles. He never takes a poor angle to go after the football, at least that I've seen. He attacks the heck out of the football. And on those deep shots, he'll be able to close very well and get the ball back, something that this team hasn't done enough of in the past because the guy who can pick the ball off, Fontes Davis, Fontes Davis, they don't throw the ball to because they understand he'll get it back but it's hard to avoid a free safety playing at center field position. And I agree. I, I look at Malik Hooker as that classic center fielder that can take the ball away. And when you have an offense that, you know, can put points up on the board, we've seen them do that at some point in time during Andrew Luck's tenure. Constant possessions is, is the name of the game. It's a game of possessions. And if you're able to turn the ball over quickly, that's how you're going to have success. We saw that happen, uh, let's say, with New Orleans. Um, when Greg Williams was there, when he turned the ball over and they gave Drew Brees and that offensive ball back. We saw it with the 99 Rams, uh, with 
I forgot who the defensive coordinator was. Then was it Lovey Smith um, turning the ball over? They're getting the ball back for the greatest show on turf. So, yes, those that type of player defensively that can make plays and create turnovers definitely helps out your offense. It does it in Houston. It, it does it in Houston with J.J. Watt getting sacks and forcing three and outs and getting the ball back to the Texans offense, and they figure out a way to score uh, points. So, yes, a guy like Malik Hooker can help out Andrew Luck. Um, well, he, he can't help anybody out if he's hurt. So um, first thing he needs to do is get his ass off the pup list. That would be um, helpful, along with Andrew Luck. Both of those guys need to get back on the field. Um, and when they do get back on the field, I, I agree with all you guys. I think Hooker's a guy who can um, help because a turnover can give Andrew Luck an opportunity for a short field. Short field means maybe less of the opportunity to – or a less of the desire to push it deep um, to try to get large chunk yards. And now he can actually take the, uh, what we like to call in, in, in the coaching game, that easy cheese. <laughs> and, and, you know, if he, if he takes that easy money and, and, and checks it down every once in a while, get a little more Andrew Luck in him. I mean, a little more um, Alex Smith in him, excuse me. I, I think that they'll have more success because of it. But those short fields definitely help him because once you get into field goal range, any coach will tell you, especially in the NFL, you're trying to at least come away with three. And that's something that you gotta you gotta rely on with Andrew Luck. Yeah, I mean, simply put, it's all about opportunity. So anybody that can turn the football over and give you another opportunity to score is it's gonna help you. So I, I would definitely say yes, Malik Hooker could help that team a lot, you know, as far as getting Andrew Luck and that offense more chances to score with the football i definitely uh, agree with you all um anytime that a defender can take the ball away like that definitely helps an offense especially an offense that is kind of prone to turning the ball over um you know and, and he's kind of the the great equalizer so um you know back in the day they used to to call ed reed you know the eraser you know, whatever mistakes you make, whether on the offensive side of the football or on the defensive side of the football, he's going to make you right. You know, so I think that with a healthy Malik Hooker, he's going to give Andrew Luck other, you know, more opportunity and he's, he's going to make the offense right. You know, so with more opportunity, the more crisp they can become and get into more of a rhythm. And I think that that would be definitely helpful uh, for the Colts. And, you know, we kind of touched on my question earlier, but I'm going to ask it directly. Should Chuck Pagano dial back Andrew Luck's passing in 2017? Absolutely. I think that's what causes a lot of these high-volume interception guys' problems. Scale back a little bit. Don't be afraid to run a ball, and don't try to make them the hero. Again, we've seen this work with Tannehill. We've seen this work with a guy like Alex Smith. Scale back a little bit. Limit those attempts. Allow those guys to either operate off play action or get them on a half rollout where they where you cut the field in half and things like that, limit their options, and you can play winning football. The only person you can't do that with is Blake Bortles. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, um, while you know, while the these we're not talking about scaling back to Blake Bortles level. Um, I don't want anyone to believe that I don't believe that Andrew Luck is a good football player. Um, I've never believed in the hype about Andrew Luck being the next great one. But with that, I'm not saying scaling back to 18 to 20 passes a game, but he can't be out there throwing the ball 40 times a game. I mean, what 
other than Drew Brees, like what quarterback is having success throwing the ball that much? And, and even with Drew Brees, it's he's having success, but his team's not necessarily having success. Right. 40 plus passes is a, is a recipe for disaster. And so you have to get him to a point where he's at that 28 to 34 range. I think that's, you know, that's something that you, it doesn't seem like a lot when you first say, well, 34, that's only six away from 40. Yeah, it makes a lot of difference because within that six, there can be two turnovers. And so, um, you know, giving him less responsibility or less opportunities to throw the ball means he has to have more – he has to have more care with the throws that he gets. Yeah, I think simply from a turnover perspective, they need to scale it back because they, they need to find ways to get him to, you know, not turn the football over as much, whether it be throwing interceptions or the fumble. So – uh, we mentioned it earlier in this podcast, if you could have some of the routes be shortened and allow him to get rid of the football a little bit quicker, that could help eliminate the amount of fumbles that, that he tends to have. So I would definitely shorten the the, uh, the pass attempts, you know, not allow him to have so many. And you work the running game, you could establish that running game. That always opens up the play action, and, and that'll help you also. So now you're – your throws are becoming more high percentage throws and, and more of a gashing type of throw, you know, from that play action going to the tight end on the seam routes, you know, going to the receivers on crossers. So that's the way I would I would game plan it. Yeah, I mean, and just because you scale the offense back for the moment doesn't mean at some point in time, you know, you can you can't give him uh the full complement of, you know, different throws throughout a game and you know up his, you know, attempts per game at some point. But there's clearly something that's amiss uh, right now. And until that is figured out, you've got to reduce his number of attempts throughout a game. Um, you know, have him rely on the run game. They, they did well. They selected an outstanding back in, in Marlon Mack uh, at USF. I, I think that he can have a ton of success, and I think that that's going to help. Um, that's going to help Luck immensely this year. Um, so we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens, but I think that for the time being, until he gets a little bit better, um, you know, what's, you know, just not turning the ball over, uh, just being disciplined, you know, taking your check down here and there when necessary. I I think that until that time comes, you, you definitely have to reduce his number of throws. You know, what's frustrating about Andrew Luck and, and to some extent, Cam Newton is if you were creating a quarterback those guys would be the guys you create. Physically, they're imposing guys who can throw the ball very well and have all the tools necessary. But there's something in Andrew Luck's makeup. And again, I'm not saying that he's a bad quarterback. In fact, I'm 100% saying he's in my top 10, closer to five than he is to 10. It's frustrating to watch a guy who you know knows better than to make some of these decisions, make the decisions he's making. It's like he has bad Kermit with a, with a, with a hoodie on. He's like, oh, I don't want to throw that deep ball over the top. I can take the check down. Throw the deep ball. <laughs> it's okay. It's double coverage. And he does it, and it doesn't make sense to me. So you almost, as a coach, to have to give this guy success, you can tell him all, all you want to about take the check down, get the ball out of your hands quickly. But Andrew Luck has proven to be who he is. He's going to take the big throw. He's going to take a shot that he doesn't need to take, get himself injured. So they need to run the ball more consistently. 
and take the ball out of his hands and have him throw the ball 25 to 30 times at a maximum, not because he can't throw the ball, but he can't stay healthy or protect the ball enough for this team to be successful. Yeah, those last two statements were good points right there. And, and the fact that the matter is that's what he has to do in order for the team to have success. In your opinion, guys, what will be considered the strength in this coach's defense by seasons? And I'm sorry. Um, I think we already alluded to it with with um, Brandon's question. I think it'll be the secondary. You already know what you have over in Davis, and now you add Hooker. Um, I, I think that this secondary has an opportunity to be one of the best um, in the in the AFC South. Um, unfortunately, I'm not that I'm not that sold on the front line or linebacking core. So. Um, yeah, I'll have to say this is I'll have to say it's secondary. Yeah, I'm gonna agree and say the secondary, and I, I'm also gonna look at some of the corners that they added. They they added Chris Wilson, who I, I think is a solid option, and one of the more underrated guys, and and we got to see him down in in uh, Tampa at the Shrine game, and that, that's um, Nate Harrison. I think he was a good addition as well. So they definitely have bolstered that secondary, and you you already have a guy in Vontae Davis who's among the top corners. So I, I would say the secondary would be the strength of that defense. And, I, I mean, I think, I mean, all of us are probably going to say the same thing. Uh, it's definitely, in my opinion, the secondary. Um, with the guy that I already pointed out, uh, once he's healthy, uh, Chris made a good point about, uh, you know, Malik Hooker in the run game. Does not necessarily take the best angles uh, in the run game. Sometimes it appears as though he just does not want to get involved. But when that ball is in the air, you know, he, he's going to attack it. I think that's where his basketball background kind of comes into play. Um, the more he gets acclimated to the NFL, the more dangerous he becomes. Uh, I, he was one of my favorite, or if not my favorite, uh, defensive player uh, in this draft. I know Jamal Adams was up there, but uh, Hooker was, was my favorite. And, um, you know, I, I really think that the sky's the limit for the kid. And then you already know what you've got in Vontae Davis. I mean, he's a freak athlete, and he has a nose for the football as well. So I think uh, with those two combined, I think that secondary is going to be amazing. Um, I'll start with a unit that I like or a specific portion of a unit. I like the inside backers. I like Antonio Morrison a lot. And uh, Anthony Walker, young guy that just got in the draft. Bostic being a backup, he's a thumper who can come in and make some noise. But it's clearly the secondary. Looking at Quincy Wilson playing opposite of Davis, uh, Avante Davis, you have two really aggressive corners who are physical at the point of attack. And as Teron said, Nate Harrison being able to play in a slot will be helpful. And then for some reason, both of their safeties are on the pup list right now. But I actually like TJ Green being a third safety, being able to come down and match up and be helpful. Uh, this secondary can cover up a lot of mistakes made on the front end because they're not going to get a lot of pressure uh, with the likes of uh, John Simon, even though Jabal Sheard is a solid pass rusher. They just don't have enough to generate a consistent pass rush underneath. Yeah, when healthy, if they both get off the pup list, I like their safeties and Gathers and Hooker. They complement each other well. Wilson is one of my favorite corners in the draft. But like you said, he's a physical presence. Fonte Davis is one of the best corners in the league. Harrison we saw exclusively both at Temple and also at the East West Shrine game. And I'm a big fan of Dante Blackman out of Kennesaw State. Ball skills for days. The guy led the FCS in interceptions last year, and I'm a big fan of his game. He's able to play off 
or play uh, up close. So I think he's better in off, but when you have a guy that can pick the ball off like that, you definitely want him on your defense. So I think their secondary will be really good. But like Gene said, I don't too much know much about their, their front three. I don't know why you signed Marcus Hunt. He was never good at SMU outside of that bowl game against Fresno State. But Grover Stewart is a really good player out of Albany State Division II HBCU. Um, a kid that's 6'5", 340, but runs like a, a 230 linebacker. Again, that black college athleticism. You know what I'm saying? You don't understand it, but it works. So I think when you look at the front seven, maybe not being able to get pressure, it'll put a lot of pressure on the back end. But if they can, they have the secondary, I think, to compete in this division. Going around, starting with Eugene, where do you have the Colts finishing this year in the AFC South? I've got them finishing third. I just don't see them being able to beat those, um, compete with the top two teams, especially if Andrew Luck and, and Malik Hooker spend any um, extended time on, on the pup list. Yeah, I mean, I, I have them finishing in third place, and I, I think if they could find a way to limit turnovers from Andrew Luck and, and play some defense, I think they could be in more games, but I just don't see them finishing higher than third in the division. Yep, and uh, I'm definitely going with that as well. Uh, they, they're definitely third. Um, Jaguars uh, definitely bringing up the rear in this division. Uh, Texans, Titans, my top two. Man, Andrew Luck has even affected the defense. David Perry and uh, Ant uh Anthony Henderson, Anderson, they got all sorts of Stanford guys on this team. But anyway, I haven't finished dead last. Here's my rationale behind why they're going to finish dead last. Every good player they have seems to be often injured. I can't trust Andrew Luck to make it through a season. I can't trust Malik Hooker to stay healthy. I can't trust any of their players that are worth their salt to stay healthy and I think that they're going to attempt to ride the Frank Gore, Robert Turbin train a little bit too much instead of giving Marlon Mack more carries early on. This will produce a lot of close losses. And I think that they end up being not the worst team. The Jaguars are the worst team because of Blake Bortles, but they get less wins. Now you're going to make a lot of Colts fans mad, boy. Good. Get my mentions. <laughs> I mean, we, we pretty much knocked it out the park with this episode. So that's it for the football cipher. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. For Chris, Gene, Brandon, and Teron, I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. And this has been the football cipher on the football game plan podcast network.